Welcome aboard. This is your Captain Johnny. And first mate Jess, thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the Ships of Chaos. Hey, Chaotics. Welcome to Ships of Chaos. Hey, how are you doing today, Justina? You know, I'm doing okay. I, I don't have much to say. <laughs> well, me either. I'm doing good. I had two really good presentations at work that I had to like cram for and they went smooth as butter. But that's, you know, that's my excitement. So I, I've, had, I've had like a very boring week. I spent, um, I went to my brother's for like five minutes and ended up staying for like four hours watching Grease. So that was the most exciting thing that happened this week. That's exciting. So funny that you mentioned Greece. So I take my dogs for a walk sometimes like in the evening or like late at night just because it's hot here in Arizona. So I was walking around my neighborhood and I passed this like house in, in the backyard. They were blaring the Grease soundtrack. <laughs> I want to be invited to that party because I just it's kind of random. It's an awesome soundtrack, but it just kind of random and so fun. Yeah. We, like I said, I went over there for like five minutes to talk to him about church. Mm-hmm. And like, he's like, sit down and watch a movie. And I'm like, uh, okay. Okay. Five hours later. Five hours later. <laughs> so, but, oh, my mom and I started watching Stan Against Evil. If you haven't seen that, it's pretty funny. Is it a movie or a show? It's a show from okay. I. I think it was on IFC okay. of this guy who works in this town who like 200 years before this like constable had like burnt like a hundred, almost 200 people at the stake for being a witch. So the town is cursed. So he has to like fire off demons and stuff like that. Is it a comedy? Yeah. It's a horror comedy. Oh, fun. That sounds interesting. What's it called? Stan against evil. Yeah. Interesting. So more uh, Morgana Ignis is in it. That's why I started watching it. That's fun. If you don't know who Morgana Ignis is, look her up. She is gorgeous. But you won't recognize her face from anything because she's always in like heavy sure. costume makeup. How do you say her? Mor- is Mor- that the same Morgana that you talk about all the time? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. She played Severus Snape and Severus Snape and the Marauders. Yeah, yeah, that's why we've talked about about them. Yeah. Really cool. I'll talk about a new show I started binging. It's called Halt and Catch Fire. Uh-huh. Does this sound familiar at all? So it was on AMC. It had four seasons. And it's like my inner my inner nerd is happy, but it's about like in the 80s like the tech companies. Oh, fun. And they're, like, creating new computers, and they're trying to compete against, like, IBM and then Microsoft. So it's, like, a really freaking nerdy show, but it was really interesting because it's set in, like, the 80s, and they're, like, coders and, like, engineers. Fun. And it has Mackenzie. Oh, man, what's her name? Mackenzie Davis. Uh, What's it called? Halt and Catch Fire. 
I'll have to check that out. The seasons were like really kind of short, only 10 episodes and there's only four seasons. But I mean, it, it gets to the point. It gets you where you need to be. It's so good. Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't think. Wait, go ahead. Stan Against Evil is like eight episodes a season and there's only three seasons. Is it over? Like, did they end the series or is it still on? Yeah, it ended in 2019. Oh, okay. I will check it out. So, but I'll have to uh, send me the, like, the name of the show and I'll have to check yeah. it out. Yeah. I'll check, I'll so, if you like computers, you should watch The Internship with Dylan O'Brien. I will. <laughs> I do like, I like, I, I guess I'm kind of a nerd. It's a <laughs> really like this computer stuff. It's about these guys trying to win an internship with Google. Oh, shit. Wait, wait, wait. 2013? Yeah. With Owen Wilson? And Vince Vaughn. Yes, I have seen this movie. I forgot Dylan O'Brien was in that movie. Yeah, he played Stuart. Like, he was always on his cell phone. And he's like, looks adorable in his little Google hat. Yeah, and, and the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, I don't remember that movie. I remember it being funny, like, when you watch it. Yeah. There's, like, a whole scene with them playing Quidditch. Yes. <laughs> with the guy dressed in gold because he's the snitch. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's what I'm going to be doing on my night alone is watching the internship. I think I remember watching that movie and being like, fuck, I'm Owen Wilson and <laughs> I'm old and I'm trying to like, you know, I just, it scares me. But so I'm, I'm moving to Austin in November, right? Yeah. And, and my brother is trying to talk me into getting a job teaching classical lit at Amarillo College, which means if I get this job, I won't be moving to Austin. And I'm like, you just want me to get the job so I won't move. And he's like, that's part of it. Yeah, part part of it. Of it. yeah he's like, the other part is I think you'd really enjoy working as a college professor. Yeah. Teaching class, that's right up your alley. I was like, yeah, I really would. I'm like, uh, maybe <laughs> I do it for a semester. At least try it. Yeah. Try for it. Yeah. Never know what will happen. Yeah. So, yay. You won't know unless you push yourself. That's exciting. So, <clears throat> have you applied? Uh, I think I'll do it probably next month. Okay. Because I've got to get the lesson plan together and everything. Oh, is that part of like an application for a teacher? Yeah. Interesting. So. Well, fingers crossed. Let me know. Okay, so do you want to get started with the yeah. summary of the story? Let's do this. So we have two chapters left. Yeah, yeah, this is chapter four. Awesome. So let's see, last chapter. They go to the party. What? No, no, no. Hermione's really nervous, and she doesn't know what to wear because she didn't bring any formal wear. And Draco gets there, and he's like, give me a second. And he goes into Pansy's closet and finds this really pretty silk dress and just like pretty much dresses Hermione head to toe. Make sure her makeup's all pretty and her hair is all pretty. And then they go to the fashion show with Hermione on his arm, like literally, like it looks like they're on a date because they kind of are. They kind of are. They kind of are, yeah. And they get take it they get their picture taken a lot and then Hermione gets a little drunk with champagne mm -hmm. 
I think they both get a little tipsy. Yeah, they both get a little tipsy. And, like, Draco has to, like, practically, dra- like, carry her home. Mm-hmm. And they they get, like, really hot and heavy. And then they, like, step back and, like, decide not to have sex because they're both tipsy and it just wouldn't be right. Mm-hmm. But they do have a little conversation about whether they're going to continue this thing once she gets back to Dublin. Mm-hmm. We're not really sure where that stands right now. But then switch over to Pansy and Drake. Uh, <laughs> Harry. Pansy and Harry. Complete opposite. And she wakes up the next day and she's like, oh my God, is that Granger wearing my clothes? You couldn't pay for this kind of publicity. She looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So Pansy's really excited that Hermione has worn her dress to the event. And she's like, wait, but she's standing with Draco. Are they an item now? <laughs> and so she calls Draco and her Harry's there. She calls Draco and he's like, you're on speakerphone. And they have this whole conversation with Harry and Pansy, Hermione and Draco. They're all talking and on the phone. And then they hang up and Pansy and Harry start getting drunk again off wine, of course. And they start talking about what's going to happen when Pansy goes home. And they decide that, like, Harry might just visit Pansy in in New York because he really likes her. And then they're all drunk and they go hot and heavy and do have sex. And that's where we end. And that's where we end. All right. I think you covered everything. I don't think we're missing anything. No. Other than just Harry is letting himself in. Just... Typical old Harry. Yeah. Hermione's like, you can kick him out. <laughs> it's okay, Pansy. <laughs> and Pansy's like, nah. Nah, it's all right. <laughs> all right, cool. Let's jump into chapter four. Okay. Pansy stirred, and despite the distant throbbing in the back of her skull, a smile curled her lips at the feeling of strong arms wrapped around her. <laughs> Potter seemed the type that would let the night before complicate the situation between them. And if Pansy was entirely honest, she wasn't certain it hadn't complicated things for her as well. She had only known the man in this capacity for a little over a week, but already she felt an unfamiliar stirring within her stomach. Rolling towards him, she stared at his sleeping face for a moment, the slight furrow to his brow, and the downturn to his lips. A little voice niggled in the back of her mind. Maybe a little complication was a good thing. Unwilling to disturb Potter when he looked so peaceful and completely out of it, she rose from the bed and dressed as silently as she could manage before venturing into the kitchen and setting Granger's kettle on. As she sipped a warm cup of tea, she she gazed out the window into the lush greenery beyond. She found it almost surreal that she was so close to home, but yet, Pansy wasn't certain she was ready to face England. Maybe she never would be if she was honest. So many years had passed that her parents had stopped owling her to return home. They rarely ever, no, they rarely owled her at all anymore. Kind of sad. Yeah. Draco went home a couple times a year to visit his own mother, and even he hadn't asked her to come along in two years. 
But in the span of a little over a week, her thoughts on the matter had begun to twist and blur. What was she still running from when it came down to it? For years, she had buried her shame, shame over the way her fear and uncertainty had seized her that day in the Great Hall at Hogwarts when she had offered Potter up to the Dark Lord. It wasn't even what she had wanted at the time. She had only wanted for everything to end. But Potter didn't hate her, not even close, if the night before had any indication. A smile tugged at her lips at the thought, heat flaring beneath her as she remembered the feel of his hands on her bare skin. She didn't particularly miss her parents, having grown up in a cold relationship with both of them. Everything she had sought as a youth had been because of what her parents wanted for her. And her time in New York had been about developing a life for herself beyond those expectations. Idly, she dragged one of her sketchbooks closer, chewing on the end of her pen for a moment before setting it to the page. By the time Potter found her an hour later, her tea was cold. She flexed her hands as he wrapped his arms around her from behind, ducking down to press a kiss to her temple. Pansy allowed herself a moment of indulgence in his embrace her eyes fluttering shut. Whether or not he had been serious the night before about visiting her in New York, numerous drinks in as they had been, she knew she would struggle to leave him behind. It was the most inconceivable thing that had come from her trip, even more so than the idea of Draco and Granger spending time together. The morning, he murmured against her skin, the rumble of his voice sending a shiver down her spine. Hi, she breathed, drawing herself out of the moment. How did you sleep? He murmured against her skin, excellent. Flipping through her drawings from that morning, he said, these are amazing, Pansy. Her stomach churned at the honesty in his voice, and he, she smiled at one of the drawings. Do you have to work today? Not until tonight. He dragged his hands along her arms, his fingertips raising goose-flesh flesh to her skin. I have a problem, though. A hint of a smile curled her lips at his tone. What's that? His lips grazed her jaw, igniting heat within her as he said, I woke up and you weren't in bed with me. Her smile grew wicked as she allowed him to drag her back <laughs> into the bedroom. Uh, and then a location swap. Zoop. Hermione gazed into the massive wall of clothing that made up Pansy's closet, a lump settling in the pit of her stomach. She had sent Pansy a message via her home network exchange device to ask whether the woman minded if she borrowed another outfit. Pansy had been surprisingly amenable. Idly, Hermione wondered whether Harry and Pansy had seen one another again. <laughs> she didn't want to pry. Oh, girl, <laughs> let us tell you. <laughs> You do not want to know. You're going to want to burn your sheets. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't the one to judge, but still nerves lingered with the tightness in her chest. Draco had invited her to come over that night and his offer had been drifting through the back of her mind ever since the night that he had taken her to the fashion show. Hermione only had four days left in New York before the home exchange would come to an end. And while the situation with Draco had only grown blurrier as the days passed, she found herself increasingly willing to go along with it and see how it played out. She had no idea if they would even get along beyond the initial sparks between them. 
but if nothing else, there were port keys and other methods of international travel. We called it, nailed it, because <laughs> we talked about that last episode. Yeah. He did. Called it. <clears throat> Snagging her bottom lip between her teeth, Hermione flicked through the endless row of dresses. She had already donned a new purchase of her own, a black lace lingerie set that both bolstered her confidence and terrified her. But when Pansy had demanded to know what she would be wearing underneath and Hermione had sent a photo via communication device, Pansy's only response had been yes. Then the woman had sent through a description of a dress and Hermione's stomach twisted as she spotted it hanging in one of the color-coordinated rails. The dress was a deep forest green, form-fitting with lace and ribbon detailing, and landing above the knee. Smoothing the material beneath her fingers, Hermione blew out a breath. According to Pansy, if she wore that dress, Draco would die. And while Hermione certainly didn't want him to die, she did want to make an impression. She had never been one for fashion over function, but when Hermione slipped into the dress, she felt a version of excitement chase through her. Borrowing some of the enchantments Draco had cast the night prior, she fixed her hair and makeup and finished the look with some of Pansy's jewelry. Hermione skimmed the note that he had given her with his address, despite that she had already memorized it and shrugged on a coat. Stealing her nerves with a deep breath, she disapparated. Is it disapparated or just apparated? I'm not sure. Hmm, interesting. Uh, hi. The secretive smile that broke across Draco's lips when he swung open the door elicited heat below the surface of her skin, and she slipped through the door, feeling his stare on her all the while. Hello, she offered, her mouth dry. He had a studio loft as well, although she knew a large portion was occupied by a photo shoot studio for his freelance work. Hermione forced herself to hold his stare through the ambush of nerves when she slipped her coat off. His gray eyes flashed, tongue flicking out to moisten his bottom lip, and she watched his throat move with a swallow as he took her coat and blindly reached back to hang it by the door. Voice low, he said, you look beautiful. Thank you, she breathed, casting her gaze over him. He'd had to work late that evening, and he wore a collared shirt, the sleeves pushed to his elbows and bearing the muscles of his forearms. You look quite sharp yourself. But Draco only stared at her. His lips parted as if he didn't quite know what to say. So Hermione stepped closer, lacing a hand into his hair as she brushed her lips against his. Draco's hands came to her back, tugging her closer as he deepened the kiss, warmth, and desire pulling below her stomach. As she forced herself to pull away, meeting his gaze before she said, I thought if you still wanted to take some photos. Yes, he cut her off before she could finish, releasing a long exhale. I'd like that. Merlin, the fire in his stare would surely set her aflame. Her face flushed with warmth, but his smile only grew teasing as he tugged her hand into his and led her towards the studio. Hermione peered at the equipment as he set up his camera and tripod, feeling nerves spike within her once more. But he only bit down on his bottom lip as he stared at her out of the corner of his eye. 
Clenching her hands together, she said quietly, you're going to have to tell me what to do. I will. His eyes were darker than she had ever seen them. His face faltered for a moment before he added, I appreciate this, and for the record, you can relax. I feel like you might snap into two from a rogue breeze. He offered a crooked grin. Fixing a smile in return, Hermione let some of the tension fall from her shoulders. Okay. As she had flung herself far out of her comfort zone to indulge this whim, but she had come to know him better than to believe that that's all this was, and she trusted him. The rest didn't matter beyond the look in his eye as he gazed at her over the top of his camera. Finishing up with his equipment, he echoed, okay. He stared at her for another long moment, heat in his eyes searing right through her before he smirked. Let's begin. It only took Hermione a few minutes to realize Draco was a consummate professional. Even with the heat lust in his eyes, he was polite in his directions, carefully adjusting her touches feather light against her skin as he guided her from one pose to the next. Furthermore, she hadn't anticipated the experience to be so sensual. Every nerve, every fiber of her being was alive with awareness. Ten minutes in, he'd tugged off his tie and slipped the few top buttons of his shirt with a wry grin, the only indication that he was affected as she was. He snapped photos in an almost continuous stream, his hands deft as he adjusted the controls of his camera, leading her through the session with fluidity that left no surprise as to why he was so sought after in New York, um, on the New York fashion scene. So he's like sexy with his camera too. Yeah. When finally he paused and lifted his gaze to meet hers, tongue darting out, Hermione felt exhilarated. But he only dragged a hand along his jaw and asked, do you trust me? Yes. The word slipped through her lips before she even had time to consider her answer. And as if noticing the same, a smile crept across his face. He stepped up behind her, sweeping his hands carefully over her bare shoulders. His breath was warm against her ear. Stop me if it's too much. A shiver racked her spine when he pulled the zip of her dress down. His touch, a gentle caress as he pushed the dress from her shoulders. The pads of his fingers grazed her spine and Hermione huffed a breath, her head pitching forward. She, should, she stood still, pliant in his reverent hold as he pushed the dress from her form, letting it pool at her feet. With a wave of his hand, the dress vanished, reappearing on a hanger across the room. A harsh breath escaped his lips and he muttered, I swear you're going to fucking kill me. Hermione smiled, tilting her neck to the side as he dragged a hand up her throat and his lips brushed the curve of her jaw. Breathless, she murmured, I hope not. It'll be your fault, he said, a smirk curling his lips as he trailed idle kisses along her skin towards her mouth. But he didn't kiss her on the lips, drawing back before rounding to the front to take her in with a heated sweep of his eyes. She might have felt self-conscious standing before him in her bra and knickers and pansies borrowed heels, if not for the look in his eye. Instead, she felt empowered. Draco dragged a hand through his hair, his breathing shallow, before he pressed his eyes shut briefly. 
When he opened them again, his voice was hoarse as he toyed with the strap of her bra. This is really nice. Thank you. Hermione whispered, smiling at his apparent struggle to keep his hands to himself. She lifted her hands to his chest, slipping loose the rest of the buttons on his shirt, and he only watched her wary as she said, you're overdressed. Then a wicked smirk dragged across his face and he waited as she pushed the shirt from his defined shoulders, leaving him bare from the waist up, his jeans slung low on his hips. Oh, I bet you can see. <sighs> He's so muscular, this Draco. Uh, <clears throat> I apologize because I'm really bad with names. But the actor that was used in the fan art for this fic is he really muscular? Uh, I'd, I'd say he's toned. But not like bulky. Yeah, not bulky. Because mm. I wouldn't call like Tom Felton like muscular either. Yeah, but he's toned. But he's toned. Yeah. He looks really good for 35 years old. Mm. He's 35? Yeah, he's a year older than me. <sighs> Man. Why aren't we young anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I've been watching the Harry Potter marathon that's on like Bravo or something. You know, like we're like all the yeah. Harry Potter cast are like in their thirties now. I don't I don't want to talk I about mean, it. I mean I mean the kids from the movies. <laughs> I know and, like Ron is the only one who's had a kid. <laughs> oh God. by the way, Rupert Grant, Ron, yeah. Named his daughter Wednesday. I think it's so sweet. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. The actress that played Pansy had a baby as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. She's gorgeous. A, she's married to Hugh Hefner's son. Yeah, I did know that. <laughs> but they have a really cute baby. Yeah. I think they had a little girl. I'm not sure. It's like recent, like beginning of the year, late last year. Yeah. That's uh, Rupert Grant, too, was like late last yeah. year. Yeah. I think it was like no. November. Maybe she was born on a Wednesday. And he, he had, like, they're not married, but the mother of the baby. Yeah. Like, his girlfriend is uh, the girl from, was it The Secrets of Snogging or something like that? Our, our Harry Potter kids are all grown up. Yeah, we're all grown up. We're all old now. Yeah. I, Emma Watson said if they were ever to do, like, a... Uh, Harry Potter reboot in like 20 years. Yeah. She would love to play McGonagall. That would be awesome. It wouldn't be the same though without Alan Rickman. No. All right. We interrupted sexy time to talk about how <laughs> we're old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get back to sexy time. Sorry, let's get back to sexy. We got like nostalgia and then sad and, let's and then sad and we're just depressed. We're just old and depressed. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's get back into the sexy time with uh, she could see the flush in his cheeks as he wrapped a hand around her hip with a squeeze and then trailed a hand up along her rib cage, palming one of her breasts and flicking his thumb against her nipple through the lace. Desire swelled within her, pulsing in her core. A heavy exhale, exhale chased from her lips. But he only said, Turn around, backing towards his camera again, but face me. When she fired him a look over her shoulder, he whispered, 
good girl. Did he call her good girl earlier in the fic too? Yeah, he did. Okay. All right. I've read a lot of fan fiction. It's all a blur. Hermione didn't know how she hadn't simply combusted. She felt on fire under Draco's heated perusal. Every drawled direction and minuscule touch enough to undo her entirety as warmth pulled between her legs. But still, her heart raced with acceleration as he clicked an endless stream of photos. He walked up beside her, shifting into a different pose, and his palm lingered against her arse with a brief squeeze. She wondered if the situation was getting to him as much as it was to her whether he was going to push them both to an absolute edge. Shifting back into the touch, she smiled when he groaned, pressing his temple against her own. Then she ground back against him, so slight her arse just grazed his front, but she felt the insistent evidence of his arousal as he snagged her earlobe between his teeth. Draco dragged one hand up along the flat of her stomach towards her breast as the other gripped her thigh his fingers teasing towards the apex of her legs. A breath caught in her throat, the ache in her core so acute she found herself shifting into his hand, desperate for his touch. But he whispered, we're almost through, and released her. Her eyes narrowed. Tease. He knew exactly what he was doing. So as he bent to snap another photo, her back facing him, Hermione reached one hand up along her spine and released the clasp of her bra with a death click, letting the lace fall to the floor. Gaping at her, he froze and choked a hoarse fuck. She could feel his stare lingering on her and she was distantly aware of the click of his camera, but she only slipped her fingers beneath the waistband of her knickers meeting his gaze with a smirk as she slowly began to inch them down. His eyes flashed. Then he was in front of her, kissing her, his hands everywhere, and in contrast with the caution he had displayed all night, he grasped her hip as he slammed her against the wall, pitching her legs around his waist, as if he wholly snapped. Hermione groaned into his mouth as she tugged at his hair, grinding against him and fully abandoning herself to the way he had reduced her to little more than a pool of desire and need. This just started off as like an innocent photo shoot <laughs> or like a little green dress. Yeah, with as much sexual tension as they have, it was bound to snap. <laughs> her breathing was ragged, head dropping back against the wall as he sucked her nipple between his teeth, one hand slipping between her legs. He thrust two fingers into her folds, his thumb brushing her clit as a cry tore for her, from her lips. Unable to get enough of him, Hermione fumbled with his jeans, releasing the closure and shoving a hand into his pants. Draco cursed against her chest, tugging his face towards his as he kissed her again, his fingers setting a torturous rhythm inside her as she wrapped a hand around his cock. With the other hand, Hermione pushed his jeans from his hips and he towed them the west rest of the way to the floor. Dropping her legs from his hips, Draco stepped back only long enough to tug her knickers down her arse, bending down to trail a line of searing kisses to her thigh as he tossed the fabric aside, leaving her fully nude to his reverent stare. As he kneeled between her legs, his eyes flashed up to find hers, 
his legs dragged up into a smirk. A smile exhaled. Nope. <laughs> I'm getting getting flustered here. Yes, you are. A sharp exhale chased her lips as he positioned her leg over his shoulder. The heel of her stiletto landing on his back as he ducked in, his mouth latched onto her clit. And with oh, a cry. <laughs> Give me a sec. She's getting bold. She's a little bold in this situation. No, I just, I'm envisioning a naked woman in stilettos, like nothing but a stilettos. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm hot here. I'm sorry. It's hot. Yeah. Especially for someone so bookwormy as like Hermione. Yeah. Like this is like a separate personality from her. With a cry, she laced her hands into his hair, his fingers and his mouth working to bring her towards the edge as she grew delirious under his touch, gasping his name. Between his ministrations and the way he had teased her all night, Hermione found herself rapidly closing in on her release. Okay. Her orgasm crashed over her, heart spiking as adrenaline chased through her veins. Chest heaving, Hermione gazed at him while he licked her juices from his lips, her desire already blooming once more as palpable as a palpable living thing. He pressed a lingering kiss to her inner thigh before rising to his feet once more. For a moment, Draco only stared at her, his tight gaze searching her own as her breath settled, as her breathing settled. Then she slid a hand back into his hair, kissing him slower than before. She could taste herself on his tongue, but she only deepened the kiss. She sank into him as he wrapped his arms around her, bringing her flush against him. Her heart pounded in her chest and she whispered against his mouth. Are we doing this against the wall? Fuck no, he muttered, his lips curving up against hers. Then he hitched her legs around him again, hauling her across the loft and into the bedroom. His kisses were meticulous, indolent, as he dropped her into the plush covers. His hands... Covetous. Covetous as they roamed her bare skin and raised goose flesh despite the heat between them. Draco pushed his pants down, his skin warm against hers as he followed her into the bed. But his attention shifted to her throat and collarbone, up towards her ear. Are you sure about this? Even with the desire for him throbbing between her legs, urging her onwards, Hermione heard the deeper insecurities in his words, the questions he didn't dare ask. She would be returning home in four days, and if there wasn't anything between them worth exploring? Absolutely. She whispered, taking his hard length in her hand again and giving the silk, the silken flesh several pumps. He groaned in her ear, nipping the lobe. His stormy eyes flashed as they sought hers once more, and he aligned himself with her entrance before burying himself to the hilt. Hermione's eyes fluttered shut as she bit down hard on her lower lip growing accustomed to the feel of his thickness inside her. As his tongue flicked out, he kissed her again, then began to move. Not once before the past week had she ever considered the thought of having sex with Draco Malfoy, but him deep inside her, she found herself overwhelmed by it. He was pure paradox, with his wicked grin to the careful reverence with which he touched her. I need to take a drink. 
This is hot. <laughs> yes, very hot. She couldn't wrap her head around it, but not everything needed tying up in a tidy, logical bow. And anytime she sought to dwell on the thought of leaving him, she didn't know what to make of the way she felt about it. So Hermione surrendered herself to the feel of him moving with inside her, the touch of his hands, the warmth of his breath mingling with hers. Arching from the bed, urging him deeper still, she clutched him closer. And when he thrust into her harder, the feel of him sending her spiraling towards that peak once more, when he kissed her as if he would never let her go, Hermione couldn't make any sense of the way her heart clenched in her chest. Her nails grazed his shoulder blades as, with a cry, her release crashed over her like a wave. Moments later, he followed her over the edge with a quiet exhalation of her name before he stilled, gazing down upon her. Finally, Draco withdrew from inside her, sinking into the covers, his chest heaving. His stormy eyes only held hers for a moment, and Hermione wondered if he'd recognized the same strange shift between them. He cast a contraceptive spell on her and a cleaning spell on both of them before pulling the covers up. She feared to say anything in the aftermath that might ruin the unexpected peace that warmed her chest, so she shifted into his hold and he pressed a soft, lingering kiss to her forehead, wrapping his arms around her. Draco stared at her again, his eyelids heavy and a sleepy smile tugged at his lips. Her heart still swelled with everything that had happened, a smile of her own stretching across her face as she whispered, thanks for having me over. He released a quiet laugh, offering a genuine grin as he said, no, thank you. Hermione shifted closer, her bare legs tangling with his, and pressed one last kiss to his lips. And all of her concerns, her questions, her fears lingered on the tip of her tongue, unspoken as she drifted into a deep, comfortable slumber in his embrace. Hermione awoke to a heavy lidded no Hermione awoke to heavy lidded gray eyes on her as her own eyes fluttered open Draco offered her a sleepy smile Hermione awoke to heavy lidded gray eyes on her as her own eyes fluttered open Draco offered her a sleepy smile All at once the night before rushed back to her and she glanced away feeling shame and vulnerability royal within her at the thought of everything she had done she wasn't typically one to feel self-conscious, but something about him left her on the edge. The way they had danced around each other, how she had exposed herself to his camera. His expression faltered as he said, good morning. Is it? She asked, lips twitching at the question in his voice. Then she softened into the bed again with a quiet, good morning. One of his arms was slung loosely over her hip, and he popped his head up with the other. Oh, and he propped his head up with the other. Are you all right? His eyes searched her in a way that left her feeling like he could see right through her. Yes, she whispered. His gaze narrowed, his arms around her tightening and teasing along her spine. I hope last night, oh, I hope last night didn't make you uncomfortable. He hesitated, a hint of a smirk ghosting his lips. If it helps, I've never had a shoot like that. A laugh slipped free. It helps a little. But he sobered all the same, his lips brushed, brushing hers. Is it weird with you going home so soon? Sort of weird. 
Whether he saw something in her face or by reading her countenance, he dragged her closer into his chest. Hermione felt her eyes flutter. Tell me about Dublin. He murmured into her hair about your job. I'm just surprised that he hasn't like asked that before in the what she's been here a week, a week and a half, week and a half. And they haven't had a conversation about like what she does. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I guess they've been so just caught up in each other. Yeah. Hermione snickered, her eyes darting up enough to meet his. I'm I'm sure you wouldn't find it at all that interesting. It's a lot of dealing with cursed old objects that would kill me if I'm not careful. The blood drained from his face. Brow furrowing, he he muttered, no wonder you needed some time away. And then he added, I do find it interesting. I looked into curse breaking at one point before I moved here. Really? Yeah. He tugged one of her robe curls between his fingers before sweeping it behind her ear. Don't forget, I grew up in a manner filled with cursed artifacts. I suppose you did. The thought brought a smile to her lips. I think it's easy to forget so many things from the past in such a different place. His smile, his returning smile was impossibly sad. Why do you think it was so appealing to move here five years ago? They both fell silent and he twisted his mouth to the side in contemplation. I had too many things I wanted to forget at the time. New York was a completely fresh start. And I've been able to make a name for myself that doesn't involve being a Death Eater. She swallowed as she held his stare, tracing the line of his jaw with her fingertips. And she dared to ask, do you ever go home? Sometimes. His eyelids fluttered briefly at her touch. My father's still in Azkaban, but I visit mother every so often. Hermione couldn't help the sudden swell of hope within her, but... Just as quickly, it faded away. They lived polar opposite lives in completely different worlds. As if he read the sentiment in her reaction, he frowned. I'm not going to be in New York forever, you know. I don't know what to make of any of this. She admitted quietly, feeling raw in releasing the emotion between them. She had never expected any of this. Hadn't expected to come to New York and have her heart rocked in such a significant way. It feels like we haven't had enough time to figure anything out, and I don't want to leave just yet. Then don't, he breathed, his gray eyes vulnerable, and then he added, you have to get back to work, I suppose. Hermione snagged her lower lip with a nod. Draco stared at her, a knit forming between his brows. I could come visit you. We live across the world from each other, she whispered. Even port keys aren't that efficient. We, we'd have separate lives. He released a great sigh as if recognizing the many obstacles that would stand in the way of even an effort at something. And Hermione didn't know what she wanted to give up the idea of it. <clears throat> but maybe it had been impractical from the start. He opened his mouth as if to say something else, but closed it once more and rolled onto his back instead, tugging her with him. Hermione laid her head on his chest, feeling the steady rhythm of his heart beneath her face as he absently carted his fingers through her hair. Finally, he pressed a kiss to her forehead. Hermione felt tears sting at the corners of her eyes until he said, let's get up. I want to show you something. Hermione cast Draco a look of consternation as he nudged her through an interior door beyond his studio, but he only gestured towards another door. 
she could barely make out the smirk on his lips in the darkness. Beyond the second door was a small room, a dim light casting a muted red glow upon everything, and a gasp cast caught in her throat. Draco sidled, sidled, that's a weird word, Draco, Draco sidled in alongside her, folding his arms as he leaned against the wall. Most of my work is digital since I work with a lot of muggles, he explained, but I still like to work with film sometimes and you can't animate digital photographs. He brandished his camera, flipping a hatch open and carefully withdrawing a roll of film. I wanted to capture you on film. The small room was indeed a dark room, trays laid out in rows along the surfaces. She could see a potion cabinet along the far wall. You're going to animate the photos from last night? She asked, her brows lifting. Some of them, he said with a smirk, like that one where you flashed me your arse. She bit back a smile on the memory of it, the playfulness and the desire that had flooded through her. Can I see? Of course. He peered at the roll of film, slipping on a pair of stylish frames as he strode into the room towards the workbench. I have to develop the photos first, but the animation is only an extra step from there. Your potion skills must come in useful. She mused, scanning the contents of the cabinet. He shot her a wink, enough to keep my brewing sharp at any rate. He duplicated his stool, sliding the other beside him. Come on, I'll show you how it's done. Hermione slipped into the seat, her knee brushing his as she leaned closer to watch the process, and she couldn't stop her smile when his eyes caught hers. He dropped a hand to her knee, his thumb grazing her skin. She could dissect the situation as much as she wanted, but she only had three days left in New York. Now, more than ever, she felt a desperate need to make the most of them. That is the end of the chapter. Yay. So sexy time. Sexy and then just sadness. <laughs> yeah. So Hermione and Draco at least had sex at Draco's place. Yeah. Pansy and Harry are getting all busy in Hermione's bed. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I hope that they can work it out though. Yeah. I'm hoping we get a happily ever after. Draco can do foot photography in dublin yeah that's an easy solution i mean it's not the new york fashion center but no and he could always port key to new york when he needs to yeah um and then uh, you know pansy and harry just haven't had this talk of like what's gonna happen other than harry's like you all come visit you yeah so we'll see what chapter five and the final final chapter five brings yeah are you enjoying this so far i am i am uh, it's completely different from radio tower and some of the stuff that we've done before this is all like sweet and fluffy yeah. <laughs> radio yeah. towers like action and there's no like berserkers coming after them <laughs> there's no dark lords <laughs> and frothing yeah oh <laughs> <sighs> Oh man. All right. So this um this fic we have I guess it's heterosexual couples. Yeah. Right? The next one will also be because it's 
Carlisle and Bella? Yeah. Okay. I almost wish I would have chosen a homosexual couple because it is Pride Month. But I think by the time we finish this, Pride Month will be over. Um, we will have like a week and a half left. Yeah. I mean, we're so busy, but we could. Is there a, I wonder if there's a cool Pride Month fic that we could do. Um, I will, I will look. So I know we're already busy and I don't want to add to it, but I think it would be kind of cool to do a salute to Pride Month. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will, I will look. Okay. Okay. So, because cool. yay Pride Month. Yay Pride Month. So. Are you uh, wearing your rainbow glasses all month? I am. Okay. They won't let me wear rainbows to work anyway. They don't let you wear your rainbow. No, they just they like they they told me I couldn't like dress like all rainbow. Like I had, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to keep it subtle. Wow. So why are they such haters? <laughs> well, there's a dress code. Ah, dress codes. So I just want to say thank you, Chaotics, for joining us for another week. I'm. Sorry that we've been so flustered and late the last couple of weeks, but we're getting we're getting back into things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, big. I mirror what Johnny said. It's just we enjoy doing this so much, but life and technical issues <laughs> definitely get in the way. But and we, we want to thank In Dreams again for letting us read this awesome fic. Yeah. And uh, I think whenever we have finished the last episode, I will upload them all to the Ships of Chaos archive of our own. Oh, side note, I can do the first two right now. I have a minute. Okay. Yeah, I'll upload them. All right. So you may need to send me the password. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Chaotix, and we'll see you next Chaotic Thursday. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank In Dreams for allowing us to read their story away. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own at Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday.